Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Cincinnati mayor, know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score, and that is uh, Travis Kelsey talking yesterday. We're going to talk to uh, Carrington Harrison in just a second, but we have Breaking news uh, this morning, uh, we've lost Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall, the, the great Blackhawks player, died uh, at the age of 84. It's being reported by the Daily Herald. And um, it's, uh, it's sad. It's, you know, Bobby Hall was a con- controversial figure, a great player here with the Blackhawks, and certainly, um, you know, guy that uh, – that uh, had an unbelievable legacy with the Blackhawks. Surprising news. Yes, yeah, sad Cup. news. Yeah. Daily Herald reporting this morning. Bobby Hall led the Hawks to 1961 Stanley Cup, 610 goals overall, considered the best player in their history. Complicated legacy. We can talk yes. about that moving forward. Yeah. But, yes, can, uh, reported to have passed away at the age of 84 this morning. All right, we will get to that uh, soon. But first, we are delighted to welcome in Carrington Harrison, 610 Sports in Kansas City, he joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline, Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. And uh, Carrington, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I, before we start this conversation, I just want to point out, I know I've been on you guys' show before, and I told you about the Parkins pick of death. Have you noticed that since, since Danny has left Kansas City, the Chiefs have been to four suits? Like, have you just noticed? You guys get the number one overall pick, and the Chiefs go to Super Bowls. Like, this wasn't half. The Chiefs had the number one overall pick when Danny was here. He is a plague. I don't know why you guys still have Danny around. So, Carrington, you're saying if the Bears want to win a Super Bowl, move number one is get rid of Parkins. You got to trade Danny to Carolina. You got to trade him to Houston. You, you, you got to get rid of Danny. He's what's really holding the organization back. <laughs> That's funny, Carrington. Appreciate the uh, insight into Danny. Um, look at yesterday's game, and we talked coming into this. Patrick Mahomes, we always talk about his toughness or his talent, and yesterday was about his toughness. Have you ever seen him more impressive under those circumstances because of the ankle? No, and I don't think it's just the ankle. I mean, if you look at the injuries that started to rack up for the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, McCole right. Hardman was injured. That's one of their top receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster was injured. Kadarius Tony. I mean, he was playing with special teamers at the end of it. Marcus Kemp, who had a big catch there in the second half, is primarily a special teams player. So it's really a culmination of all of those things. It's the ankle injury. It's the fact that the Chiefs didn't really run the ball effectively yesterday, and they had so many injuries to their wide receiver group. I mean, it was one of the most impressive just feats of we're not going to lose today that I've ever seen. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier that, um, you know, they also were very motivated. Had it not been for the Burrowhead comment, there's no way Mahomes would have played in that game. No, I mean, 
it's still the AFC championship game. So I believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to play anyway, but it certainly was a scene the entire week. I made the analogy over the course of the week on my show is that the Bengals were acting like the 08 Celtics without winning the championship. Like the 08 Celtics have got every single bit out of winning one ring. I mean, you got the one championship. Great. But they have been on this 15-year, let's talk about this one championship. That's how the Bengals were acting for losing in the Super Bowl last year and beating Kansas City in one playoff game. It was just really odd energy from Cincinnati. So the Chiefs, they are certainly a team that keeps mental notes and writes those things down. So I was not surprised in the least bit that the Chiefs were very openly mocking Cincinnati after how the week played out. So – Andy Reid obviously has had a Hall of Fame career and he's already won a Super Bowl, but you do wonder this, and I think over the next two weeks, at least this will be addressed, if he beats his former employer and it doesn't get much better than that if you're Andy Reid, is there any chance or even conversation about the fact that he may walk away and ride off into the sunset, or is Andy Reid just going to coach until he can't coach any longer? I mean, I don't know if I would leave 27-year-old Patrick Mahomes not with the way that he's playing right now. I, I think that I think that Matt Patrick Mahomes has re, rejuvenized Andy Reid in a way that I don't know if we can really quantify. Like, think about how creative Andy is and the offensive mind that he is, and he gets maybe the best quarterback that we've ever seen. Certainly not from a resume standpoint yet, but just in terms of like physical ability, one of the better quarterbacks we've ever seen, and his health appears to be fine. I, I don't think Andy's retiring anytime soon. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating to to see how the the Chiefs have managed to move on from Tyreek Hill without even a, a, a shrug. I mean, they you could argue they've distributed the ball better. They've been better. Now, I, I mean, I don't know who's going to be available come Super Bowl time. Maybe you can tell us how does the injury list look? How good will the receiving core be when they finally uh, play in a couple weeks? I would imagine this downtime, this week off, allows the quarterback to heal, allows the, some of the receivers to get better. It's a very important thing for the Chiefs. Maybe the Eagles too, but the Chiefs more so. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll certainly see over the course of the next two weeks who's healthy and who's not healthy. Kadarius Tony, he had the ankle injury. McCole Hardman was hurt anyway. I mean, he hadn't played since the first week of November. He tried to play yesterday. He gets injured, so uncertain about his status now at this point. But I, I, I will admit this. I I thought that this was going to be a, a, a setback year for the Chiefs. I didn't think that they would miss the playoffs, like I heard a lot of people saying in the offseason. But, I mean, if you trade who I thought was one of the five best receivers in the league in Tyree Kill, normally you just expect some kind of regression. And the fact that the Chiefs were able to go further than they did last season and basically have the same offense that they had last year is just a testament to how good Patrick Mahomes is, a testament to how good Andy Reid is. And really, Travis Kelsey, I mean, Travis Kelsey, I think, has really emerged as, I think you could argue he's the greatest tight end of all time. And if you've got that guy in the mix and you've got guys that know their role and can fill them, you can obviously do a lot of things. And Carrington, we were talking earlier in the show, had I predicted a former Packer receiver to having an impact in this year's postseason, it would not have been Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It would have been Devontae Adams. And yet yesterday, six catches, 116 yards, how surprising was that? Take us through his evolution this season because this is a guy that eight targets yesterday. He had to step up, but he was capable, and he made some clutch catches. Man, you guys know there's always somebody that's that X factor. I mean, we asked on our show this week if you could lock in an X factor between 
Jarek McKinnon, MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, who would you pick? Nobody picked MVS as their X factor, and then he goes out there and makes a lot of plays. You guys say you're surprised. Hell, I'm surprised. Chiefs fans were talking about letting him go and him not coming back a couple of weeks ago because of how disappointing the regular season was. So the fact that he was one of their unsung heroes in the AFC championship game is just really surprising. But, I mean, if, if you're going to beat a team as good as Cincinnati is, we all can agree, like, Cincinnati's not going anywhere. That's one of the five best teams in the league. You need a couple of guys to step up. And with the injuries that the Chiefs had, they needed a wide receiver to make plays. And that guy was MVS. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, it, it's um, it's pretty extraordinary to see a team improve, as you say, despite losing the top receiver, one of the top five receivers in the league. And I think that part of that is just the, you know, you still have the best tight end out there. You know, we saw what happened in the playoffs a few years ago when he went out. Like, yeah, it's a guy you got to have. I, I look at the weaponry and I look at the way that offense runs. You know, it's a high-volume offense. There are a lot of different plays and a lot of different people that can help you. It was extraordinary to see some practice squad guy out on the field at the end of the game, to see two tight ends at the end of the game. I mean, they they barely got through that game, and, and you know, obviously the, the penalty – uh, led to the field goal that won the game. I don't think that field goal is even attempted from 60 yards. No, I don't think so either. And I've heard a lot of people talking about this. They have called that penalty where Osai pushes Patrick Mahomes for the last 15 years in the National Football League. Mahomes is three yards out of bounds. Like, I'm all for letting the players decide it, but come on now. Like, that's a penalty. If you want to complain about Kansas City getting a do-over, Sure, there's some things you can complain about with the officials, but the final penalty of the game, he, he's, he's out of bounds. You can't push him. We all know this. We all watch the NFL every single week, and we all know that that's a penalty. Like, we can't say that we want the game officiated properly, but then when obvious penalties are happening, then we don't want them to call. Like, both of those things can't happen. I think from the outside looking in, Carrington, it was – uh, we were surprised that Patrick Mahomes played as well as he did and had that kind of mobility. Was there a sense in Kansas City that this was possible, that he was capable of doing that? Because everything that we – you hear high ankle sprain and you're trained to think, oh, that's a several weeks, yeah. not several days, and yet he looked like somebody who was able to compartmentalize whatever pain he was in. And Were you surprised at how mobile he was and how well he played? I would say at least here on Monday, there was certainly a lot of, hey, I don't know about this. I don't know. But Wednesday, whenever they met with the media and Patrick Mahomes walked out, he did all his media availability and he didn't have a boot. He didn't have tape on and he didn't appear to have a pretty noticeable limp. I think the whole mood in the city changed it. Hey, Pat's not as injured as maybe we think. And that's when you saw the line move to where Kansas City was the favorite in the game. And that was sort of that. I mean, I, I was surprised, too. Now, I think we saw there were there, there were throws, there were moments where you could tell that the ankle just bothered him. But we talk about a lot of athletes being different. I, I, there's only, like, a small handful of athletes that are, like, truly different. Like, Giannis is one of those kind of guys. Steph Curry is one of those kind of players. Patrick Mahomes is one of them. Like, all this conversation about Joe Burrow might be the best quarterback. And it's, I don't know why we do this every six months. We try to find some other answer for the question. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the national football league. And it is not particularly close. 
You know, um, the the defense really did a good job yesterday and certainly sacking uh, the, the quarterback five times. I, I think that maybe when we saw what was going on with Cincinnati at Buffalo, maybe that weather slowed down their pass rush as much as the injured offensive line for Cincinnati because it seemed like winning the line of scrimmage uh, uh, was a reality for, for Kansas City on, uh, on the defensive line. A hundred percent. I mean, in the last three matchups against the, uh, against the Bengals, so the Chiefs got good pressure the first time. They got four sacks in the first matchup against Cincinnati, but in the last two, they had only hit Burrow three times and only gotten two sacks. So that was the big question for me is, can you get pressure on the quarterback? And the Bengals hadn't turned the football over. So a couple of the things that didn't happen in previous Chiefs and Bengals matchups happened this time. They forced a couple of Burrow turnovers. They got pressure on him like, the Chiefs defense was far better equipped to slow them down. I think part of it was the fact that Cincinnati, for the most part, was one-dimensional. They didn't really have a run game that much. And if you can force a couple of mistakes like we saw on some deep passes, then you put yourself in a really good spot. I thought that Kansas City's defense has been sort of underappreciated all year. I think it's because their offense is so good that we just got to understand that teams are going to score in the National Football League. Like, you're not holding everybody to 13, 14, 17 points that – you know, I think a lot of times fans get so mad when a team scores 21 or 24 points. Like, the rules are kind of set up for you to do that. I always thought that KC's defense was pretty formidable, and they kind of got the short another stick in most of the conversation. So I'm happy that they play well in a big spot. And it'll be curious to hear what the national conversation is going to be about their defense going up against Philadelphia. I mean, I think Philly has the best offensive line in the National Football League, and they can run the ball. I mean, Philly's going to win. They have to run for probably 150 yards or so. Carrington, it's the uh, hiring season, and there's a lot of interest in Eric Bieniemy. Obviously, every year it happens. The Ravens has requested permission to speak to him for their offensive coordinator job. I think the Titans also have an opening there that they've shown some interest. And the Colts have interviewed him to be the head coach. What's going to happen with Bieniemy after this season? And is Matt Nagy, is his name coming up in any sort of offensive coordinator positions and, and openings? Nagy interviewed for one job. I believe it was the Titans. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the Titans job. The Eric Bieniemy conversation, we could have a four-hour conversation just on Eric Bieniemy. It is confusing to me how the Chiefs offensive coordinator, when you think about how good their offense has been over the last five years, just doesn't really seem to have much head coaching interest. But now every team wants him to be their offensive coordinator. Like, we've heard so many different – well. Bienemy hasn't been hired as a head coach because he's a bad interview. Well, he seems to be interviewing great for all these offensive coordinator jobs. Seems to be a great interview in all of these situations. So I, I actually do think that this is Bienemy's last year as the offensive coordinator. I think it's pretty clear that the path that he is on is not going to get him a head coaching job in the National Football League. And if that is his number one goal, if he wants to be a head coach in the league, I don't think he can do it being the Chiefs offensive coordinator. I think he has to do it being the Titans offensive coordinator or the Ravens, or the Colts, or you pick the team, I, I think he, he's lost being the it candidate in terms of a head coach in the National Football League. He's not even the it minority candidate anymore. I would say that was D'Amico Ryans, who appears to be getting the Texans job. So if, if Eric Bieniemy really wants to be a head coach, I don't think he can come back as the OC next year with the Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be really interesting, just this Andy Reid element, right? Not, not whether, I, you know, I know he's sticking around. But this is the team he was at for 14 years, and now he's been with uh, the Chiefs for 10 years. These are the only two teams he's ever coached. He brought the Eagles to the verge, brought them to 
five consecutive uh, championship games, never won a Super Bowl, lost the only one there, and now here he is. Can he win another one against his old team? I, I just think that is a really fun story and the kind of begrudging respect he gets from Philly that uh, – that, that did not win the Super Bowl. It's just a wonderful story. It's going to be really cool this week. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's honestly a little bit like Kansas basketball. So, you know, Kansas basketball had Roy Williams. Roy Williams never won the championship and then goes to North Carolina and he wins three of them. Like, it's almost an identical story between the two. I mean, I think it's now pretty definitive. Andy Reid is the second-best coach of his generation behind Bill Belichick. Like, Belichick is one, I think, with a bullet point. I don't think anyone's arguing that. And Andy Reid is just clearly second. I mean, Think about how up and down the National Football League is. You can win 11 games one year and then five the next. But Andy Reid has two losing seasons in his entire coaching career. If Andy Reid is your coach, your floor is nine wins, and you can go to the Super Bowl. As we've seen, you can go to AFC and NFC championship games. Let's also not forget that we got the storyline about Jason and Travis Kelsey. This is the first time that we've seen two brothers play against each other in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of really cool storylines in this game. Great stuff, Carrington. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Carrington. I appreciate you guys. That is Carrington Harrison from uh, uh, from Kansas City. He is on the uh, uh, the local station there and uh, and does a great job. A good friend of Danny Parkins, and that was the joke. Six Ten Sports uh, is where they work together. They're they're real good buddies. That's why he was joking that there's a curse on Danny. I don't. You know, maybe it's me. I don't actually blame the uh, the Burrowhead comment, and I don't think Danny has anything to do with the Bears. Interesting Bros. opinion on Eric Bieniemy not uh, being able to become a head coach if he stays in Kansas City. I agree with that, and I think he's got to go somewhere else to prove that he can still be dynamic without Patrick Mahomes. Is that it? I, I like the idea of him going to uh, to Baltimore because I think they're going to get a receiver. I think they're going to hang on to the quarterback on the franchise tag. It'd be just really curious. By the to way, see did you see Tyler it. Huntley speaking of the Ravens could be in line to be a Pro Bowl alternate because of everybody else who is injured and they can't compete in whatever competition and skills competitions they're going to have. But Tyler Huntley is in line to be potentially a Pro Bowl alternate. If he winds up a Pro Bowler, then <laughs> that then you know I mean it's already you're playing tag football, right? But. That ends the whole thing for me, okay? I'm sorry. Then it no longer matters. Olin Krutz has made that point before, you know. Mention if a guy is a starter in the game. Do not mention if he's like the last man standing and gets to be a pro bowler because that's not what a pro bowler. I, he's a backup quarterback. He's a backup quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback, he's, but I think he's, he's still okay a backup, backup quarterback. quarterback. He's not a pro bowl caliber no. quarterback. No. no, that's insane. No. That would drive me nuts. I don't know. So we're going to – we're going to talk about Bobby Hall. We're going to talk about uh, some of the – I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it's difficult to handle these sorts of things because every man's death diminishes us. And certainly Bobby Hall was a legend here in Chicago, but you mentioned it. You know, there, there, are, there were some issues. There were some Well, there's no doubt about it. It's, it, it it's a complicated legacy. Yes. I think you have some of the issues and incidents that he was involved with that you can't ignore – just as you can't ignore the fact that he's probably the best player the Blackhawks have ever put on the ice in a, in a, a sweater. That's also true. When, you, when somebody passes away like this, we went through it last week with Billy Packer. Billy Packer was a very polarizing figure as a broadcaster. Yes. A lot of people had some nice things to say about him to pay him tribute, and a lot of people didn't. Some people didn't. You ever meet Bobby Hill? 
Yes. Yeah. I had I had some, several experiences with Bobby Hall over the years, especially during the the heyday between 2009 and 2015 when they brought him back as an ambassador in 2010. He was very visible during the run. Absolutely. I've had a lot of experiences with Bobby Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has. And some of them were positive. Yeah. Uh, you got to think about it for a no, second. No, I, I don't know what you're getting at. I, I mean, uh, he was just kind of a – I mean, like, the first time I met Bobby Hall – well, I'll tell the story when we come back. Yeah, okay. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When I'd come around that net with the puck, I could feel them getting out of their seats. And by the time I got to center ice, they were all out of their seats. And then by the time the puck was either at the net or in the net, they were all standing and howling. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to entertain those people. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That is the voice of Bobby Hull talking about uh, his playing career in Chicago. And he um, obviously was was he the first million dollar player when he left for the for the Winnipeg Winnipeg Jets, Jets in the uh, World Hockey League yeah. WHL. That might have been the case. Made the history there. Made history with the Hawks. Six hundred ten goals. 1961 NHL Stanley Cup Championship along with Stan Makita. Brought back to the Hawks organization in 2010 as an ambassador. Controversy along the way and not without um, some things that were regrettable. He was accused of spousal abuse. Yes. Also quoted in 1998 in a Russian newspaper, something he later denied, but it was there that uh, Adolf Hitler had some ideas. So when I say complicated legacy, that's exactly what it is. You have a a man who was the best hockey player the Hawks have probably ever employed in the eyes of many people. And you have uh, somebody off the ice who was not uh, leading a life that anybody would want to look up to. So there was very much in conflict there. And I understand the, you know, reactions to it would be mixed. And we're seeing it on the text line and not telling anybody how to, how to react to this, but it was, it is breaking news. And Bobby Hall passes away at 84 in, in uh, in a sports town like Chicago, that's that's a big story. 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. Uh, yeah. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Terry. Terry is on the road. Hey, Terry. Good morning, guys. Um, I just want you to know, um, I met Bobby Hall when I was younger. I met him a couple times. And when he would go to the stores and he would sign his autograph and he didn't care. He'd keep the stores open after hours. He would sit there and talk with every single person that wanted his autograph and tell stories and take his time. He never hurried anybody along. I just thought he was one of the greatest guys around. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's uh, one vision of him for sure. Let's try Eric. He's on the road. Hey, Eric. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. 
I got a great story about Bobby O too. Um, I installed fiber optic cables at the United Center when they first opened. The man came up to me and my partner and carried on at least a 10-minute conversation. I, I heard the rumors, but, you know, we're two of the largest African-Americans you want to meet. And the man carried on a full conversation, was super nice. I, I, I lost a friend because I didn't get his autograph. <laughs> so, I don't get it. I don't get it. Thanks, Eric. Well, I mean, they're more than rumors. Appreciate the phone call. I mean, it's, it's documented in his past, and it's just it's it's part of uh, part of the past that you have to you know acknowledge when somebody passes away like this. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Jim's in Orland Park. Hi, Jim. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Good. I just wanted to say uh, a good friend of mine, a coworker of mine, was with Bobby Hall for the last year and a half, helping him out, taking him places, they're going out to dinner, uh, just well, you know, helping him with whatever he needed. And he picked he picked me up one day. He goes, "You want to go out to dinner with Bobby Hall?" I said, "I'd love to." As a kid, he was my I, he was Michael Jordan of hockey. To me, right. he was the greatest greatest hockey player that's ever lived, in my opinion. I mean, he was electrifying in Chicago, and. We went out to dinner. I sat with him for four hours, talked hockey every minute of the time. He loved every question I asked him, answered everything, enjoyed the evening. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. I just wanted to say that I'm very sad today to hear that Bobby Hall passed away. Yeah, a very Thank you know, you, Jim. A very impactful um, player with the Blackhawks, a guy that, uh, you know, I, I mean, there were broken hearts when Bobby Hall went to Winnipeg. It was uh, – it was a real what? What year was that? I mean, I was uh, the WHL was little kid. Yeah, it was probably had, had to be in the seventies. Yeah, early seventies. Let's try was, to find that out. It, you know, I just remember, you know, everybody kind of gutted by the whole thing. But you know, I don't know. It's it's difficult. Um, it's a difficult legacy because of you know if he were playing now, if it's obviously a different era, he'd probably not be allowed to play. I mean, if you know the spousal abuse charges etc that would be taken right a lot would, differently yeah. these days viewed a lot differently investigated a lot differently disciplined yes. a lot differently um yeah. and it was 1972 mully that um, oh my god the world hockey wow. association winnipeg jets um said that they you know basically would pay him a million dollars if he would jump and at that point in time in 1972 a million dollars to play hockey was absurd yeah. and yet um that's what he was Apparently given a million dollar signing bonus, and uh, they signed him as a one point seven five million dollars over ten years, and the million dollars up front. His son was a great player, Brett Hull. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the definitely. Golden Jet and the Golden Brett, right? Amazing <laughs> kind of. Uh, I so I was at the NHL All Star Game. Um, there was a party before it when it was in Chicago years ago, and I was there with uh, with. Um, a friend of mine and uh, Bobby Hall walked up to the table. I think he had been drinking heavily, and he grabbed this guy's beer and chugged it down. And he said, "You just had a beer. Tell you all your friends you just had a beer with Bobby Hall." Oh, Jesus. And he and and then like I think Brett was there. Like they pulled him away. I mean, he was in rough shape. And my friend like uh, just said, "Geez, don't ever meet your heroes." 
<laughs> well, it was and, so you know, strange. and some of the uneasy, uneasiness with which we're speaking is yeah. is reflected in the fact that you know even in the last years of his life, the last couple of years, as the Hawks have sought to move on from their own scandal, and they right. have tried to purge the organization of any sort of connection to the Kyle Beach incident back in 2010, they have distanced themselves from Bobby Hull, who was hired and brought back into the organization in 2010 by John McDonough. And that was a big move at the time. If you recall, they brought back Bobby Hall and they started to do more things to reach out to their fan base in a way that was appreciated at the time. But in the last couple of years, they have um, done things that would reflect kind of the, the modern sports organization's way of doing things. And so he has not been as active in an, that ambassador role uh, up until his death. 312-644-6767. Um, you know, this is from the Daily Herald. Uh, this is the obituary they did. Um, and it says, uh, his life was not without contra- controversy, however. He was accused of spousal abuse and was also quoted by a Russian newspaper in 1998 saying that Adolf Hitler, quote, had some good ideas and that the black community in the U.S. was growing too quickly. He vehemently denied those quotes in a statement published by the L.A. Times saying he was deeply offended by those false comments. So there you have kind of both sides of the issue, I guess, right? And we got a couple callers who one said that he was the best hockey player ever and I think he meant in the context of the Blackhawks. Uh, it's, a, it's a small, short list. Bobby Hull, Patrick Kane, Stan Makita, Dennis Savard. Oh, God, Dennis Savard. Dennis Savard kind of kept the Blackhawks relevant in the 90s like you wouldn't believe. That guy was so good. Jonathan Taves. I mean, just Great because player. of the three cups. So, three yeah, cups. It's, a, it's a short list, and he's on it. And uh, it'll be up to <laughs> – Fans that feel however they want to today uh, as they find out as the news breaks about him passing away at the age of 84. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think you said it well. I think it is a complicated legacy, and I think that we can't pretend that it isn't. And, and you know, again, I don't want to badmouth anyone that has passed away, but reality is that that um, there were some some bad moments in his life, as there are in many lives, although hopefully not as severe as that. Can I ask you about a football question? Because as, as we get some callers and some switch topics here before we get out of here, you mentioned Vic Fangio earlier. Did this surprise you that the Dolphins went after well, Vic Fangio with no me? apparent connection to him? And did, did it surprise no. you even more that he agreed to go work for that team not having any obvious connections? Well, I think, you know, number one, it's a nice place to live. Um, they gave him, he's 64 years old. Mm -hmm. They gave him a three-year contract with an option for a fourth year. So they're going to pay him for three years to be that defensive coordinator. It didn't surprise me because he's really good at what he does, and he's a quick-turn artist, and he's going to make that group significantly better because that's what he does. And, you know, the other element is, you know, I'm sure – that when he was talking to them, he told them, I need this and this and this. You know, Vic doesn't blitz that much. I think he blitzes like less than a third of the time, significantly less than a third. Yeah. Between a quarter and a third here, of the time. Here's why it surprised me. Yeah. Vic Fangio was fired by the Broncos as the head coach. Why didn't he win there? Well, didn't have a quarterback. 
in his experiences, you know, in Chicago, why did he ultimately, you remember when he did a great job here, but why didn't they win more here? The example of Chicago not having a okay. quarterback. Well, you don't have a quarterback situation you know, settled in Miami. Tua okay. is terrific, I, but I he's not healthy. But, but, I mean, they've got weaponry. They can get someone and plug them in, and, and there's all sorts of rumors about who that might be. But, you know, they I've already given up a first-round pick this year for Tom Brady. Maybe they should sign him. But the fact of the matter is that they, they need to get better on defense, and he will do that for you. And that's not a salary cap thing. You're allowed to pay coaches uh, right. whatever you want. I, I don't doubt their interest in him. What I wonder is why he might be interested in them, given he can choose almost from other teams that, you know, you look at the Dolphins, and they do have the weapons, but they don't have the quarterback yet. And I just wonder about if they're ready to win a Super Bowl or compete for one. More so now maybe with the defense, but I just thought that was a very interesting choice. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, you know, here's the thing. Like, did you see that the Cowboys fired their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore? That, yeah. Like, you want to talk about blame game. You want to talk about teams that are just looking to – Scapegoat? Well, that's what it is, isn't it? I mean, how, you know, if the quarterback doesn't have a crap year, then that guy gets a head coaching job, and he was a hot candidate at one point. But you have a bad year, and your team falls short. Well, the, you know, the coach doesn't want to get fired. Oh, it's, it's his fault. He didn't do enough with Dak. Give me a break. Give me a break. And you look at the 49ers. They are likely to be moving on from D'Amico Ryans because he's going to become the head coach of the Houston Texans in all likelihood, going back and be the head coach of the team that he played for and drafted him. But I think that then you have an opening in San Francisco that I thought maybe Vic Fangio would have comfortably slid in to that role where he has worked before with a Super Bowl caliber defense, and all he needed to do was keep that thing going and they might get back to the Super Bowl because they have a lot of other questions answered. That's why it just it was a little bit of a surprise. All right. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Ho on the score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.